Amen. Well, happy 4th of July weekend. Uh, if you happen to start attending New Stanton Church online or in person the last month, you're probably thinking, like, where'd the young guy go? <laughs> well, I, I'm Pastor Steve, and welcome to New Stanton Church. I have the privilege of working with an amazing staff who are gifted and passionate. And Pastor Josh did an awesome job with the series on the parables. Uh, this church is blessed with our staff. Amen? Amen. Uh, if you want to open your Bibles or your Bible app this morning, we're going to be in John chapter 12. Uh, I looked at this story a while back, but as Pastor Josh was preaching last week, this story came to mind again. He said in his message, if you are all in, you will live generously. And generous is definitely something that describes Mary and her worship and love of Jesus in John chapter 12. And I want to highlight Mary's heart this morning and look at her extravagant generosity because I believe it could have an impact on our world today. Mary can teach us a great deal about showing people Jesus. But before we go there, how many of you remember being young and in love? Show of hands, if you're on the live stream, you can type in, I remember. A lot, of us, a lot of us remember being young and in love. As a teenager, I was not a spender. I was more of a saver. I still lean that way. But when I started dating Lisa, oh my goodness, did the money start to flow, right? If you've been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Dinners, movies, gifts, gas money to drive the half hour it took to get to her house from my house, uh, eventually an engagement ring and a wedding. Those things aren't cheap, right? But love gives. And when you love, you give. You don't count the cost. You just give. It's even biblical. For God so loved the world that he gave. When most of us look at our world today, like we're not feeling it. We don't get that warm, loving feeling looking at our world. I think many of us long for the kingdom of heaven to come on this earth. The, the world we see on the news sadly does not reflect the kingdom of heaven, or the love of God. We see sin and violence and hate and racism. And as believers, we long to see healing and justice and repentance and unity for everyone because we are all created in the image of God and all loved by God. We want that for all people. Anybody with me on that? Amen. On the one hand, that is something only God can accomplish in the hearts of people and in our hearts. But we need in our world today the spirit of God to show up in a powerful way and convict us and help us as we see his incredible love for everyone because everyone matters. 
to God. It's a love that honestly, none of us deserve. Until people, until we truly experience the love and the forgiveness of Jesus, nothing is going to change. But on the other hand, this is something that we should not just sit back and wait for God to accomplish in our world today. We have to work towards this. We are called to live in the love of Christ and to treat other people with the love of Christ until the kingdom of heaven comes upon this earth. We need to be showing people Jesus. We have to live it. We have to say it. We have to embody it from our hearts. How do we as believers respond to the brokenness around us. How we respond to that matters tremendously. It is important. I've talked to a number of believers that honestly are just livid about the injustice, violence, and sin that they are seeing currently in our world. They're they're just fed up. There is nothing wrong with righteous anger. There is nothing wrong or sinful about being disgusted by the hate and the violence and the injustice that we see. But there is something wrong with adding to it. I believe very little will change in our world until we live what Jesus said are the two most important commandments. They're found in Matthew 22, 37 through 40. They're on the screen. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. God has to work that love in our hearts but we have to choose to love our neighbors like he loves them. We have to choose to see them as God sees them. Amen? It's more difficult to do than to say. I believe in John chapter 12, Mary's love for Jesus was just absolutely overflowing. Let's look at that this morning. This is John 12, 1 through 8. Six days before Passover. Everybody say six days. Six days. Remember that. Very good. We're going to come back to that. Six days. Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead, which is just cool. (laughs) Like, if I could go over to somebody's house for dinner, I would want to go over to somebody's house that Jesus raised from the dead. Like, I'd want to see that. I'd want to be a witness to that. Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. Like, sign me up. Like, I'll pay money. Just let me go. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. So, Martha... 
Lazarus' sister is still doing her thing, right? Remember the story? Martha, Martha, you're so worried. You're so upset about so many things. We've been here before. But come on, if you're going to have a dinner, somebody's got to cook food. (laughs) Somebody's got to serve food. The last time they were at a dinner with Jesus, Martha was upset because Mary wasn't helping. And Martha tried to tell Jesus what to do, which is never a good idea for anybody, right? Uh, Tell my sister, Jesus, to help me. This time, we'll give Martha some grace and some credit because even though she's still serving, she's not telling Jesus what to do. She's actually using her gifts to love on Jesus and to bless other people which is awesome. Her heart is not the same as it was before. This is like an appreciation dinner for Jesus because he raised Lazarus from the dead. Verse three, then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus's feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. There is always someone who feels like it is their job to criticize everyone else's worship. (laughs) Oh, 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 they are moving around way too much. For, for worship, that, I don't know if I like that because, you know, God has a movement meter in heaven what's acceptable and what's not, right? No, maybe if they were focused on worshiping God or at least appreciating somebody who's moving around's heart for God, it wouldn't bother him. Or did you see he was wearing a hat in church? Y'all know Jewish men covered their heads to pray, right? And the verse in the Bible that talks about men not covering their head in worship, it it was just a cultural thing, also talks about women covering their head in worship. So if you're going to go there, you also have to go there too. Just like, let's just focus on God. Like, let's just stop it and worship him. Focus on him. He's why we come to do this. This this isn't about us. It's about him. Whenever someone criticizes someone else's worship, unless something really unbiblical is going on, they're missing what Judas missed in John chapter 12. He missed Mary's heart. He missed her love for Jesus. And love just gives John gives us some commentary. So we don't join in on Judas's criticism of Mary. And John says, he, Judas, didn't say this because he cared about the poor. So don't all join in and think, oh yeah, this was so valuable and Mary was so wasteful. But because he was a thief, as keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus even comes to Mary's defense because Jesus sees her heart, right? He says in verse seven, leave her alone. 
Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. I think Jesus was calling Judas's bluff. Jesus was saying, well, you know, Judas, you will always have the poor. If you care so much about them, well, then you'll always have them. Like, go help them. Do something for them. The truth is, if we're worshiping Jesus and focusing on him, we won't care what other people are doing or offering to God or wearing as they express their love for him. Well, just see their heart. That's what Jesus saw in Mary. Honestly, if, if we know the debt that Jesus paid on, on our behalf, we'll be too busy expressing our thanks and our love for his forgiveness to even care what somebody else is doing. I want to try to do that this morning. Let's remember that Jesus just raised Lazarus from the dead. And Mary and Martha are just overflowing with gratitude to Jesus. And they want to honor him and thank him. They, they love him and love lives generously. And I'm not sure at what point in the dinner this went down, but at some point during the dinner, Mary must have glanced at Lazarus and thought, got to do more. I have to find some way to express my love and gratitude towards Jesus. Martha, she's got her thing. You know, she's cooking, she's serving, she's making food, but what, what can I do? So she goes in the other room and she gets a jar of perfume that's worth a year's wages and she pours it all over Jesus and she wipes his feet with her hair. Here's a few things I think reflect Mary's heart, and I think we can model them too. Number one, if you're taking some notes, Mary gave what she had from her heart in response to what Jesus had done. She gave what she had in response to what Jesus had done from her heart. Jesus gave her brother back And she is so thankful. And she poured that whole jar of perfume out on Jesus. Now, I'd like to think that she didn't wrestle with that decision at all. I'd like to think that she didn't consider only pouring half of it and saving some. I'd like to think that she never had a single regret after she did it down the road, thinking, man, that would come in really useful right now. I'd like to think she just did it in total abandonment, and I think she did. But I'm not sure if I would have done the same thing, if I would have worshipped in such reckless abandonment. What about you? If the notion struck you, if God called you to, could you write a check for your whole annual income and offer it to Jesus without wrestling with it, without regretting it, without thinking, well, maybe, maybe half that would work, Jesus. I mean, the baskets are in back, you know, half at it. 
I think we need to be honest about that and what it says about our relationship with Jesus. How generously we live is an indicator of how all in we really are or really aren't. I've always tithed. I've always given more than a tithe. But Mary's gift, like, is on a totally different level. She didn't just give what Scripture says is like God's anyway. She just gave it all. Love gives. And Mary gave what she had. All of it. Number two, Mary gave when she could from her heart. Six days, remember? Six days. Six days before what? Passover. Which Passover? The Passover Jesus would be in the grave during. Let that sink in a minute. Lazarus was raised from the dead about a week before Jesus died on the cross. But no one except Jesus knew that was going to be the case. If Mary had taken some time to determine whether or not she wanted to pour the oil out on Jesus, she would have missed the opportunity. If she would have waited until maybe she was in a little bit better financial place to start to give or to pour that oil out, it would have been too late. She gave what she could, when she could. This dinner moment was her one and only chance to anoint Jesus for his burial. It was her only chance to express her love and gratitude before he died, but she didn't know that. My point is, if, if God is putting something on your heart, don't, don't wait. Don't Don't overthink it. You never know when it might be your last opportunity, your only opportunity to bless someone or show them Jesus. At the end of my messages, I often give people the opportunity to accept Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And and there's a reason that I do that so frequently. And I shared it on a video this past week when I was in high school there was a, a young man by the name of Aaron who used to come to our, work, our youth group once in a while, and he was only there to hit on the cute girls. <laughs> That's the only reason he was there, and he was a troubled kid, and he, he drank, and was always paying fines, and <sighs> one day God prompted me to share Jesus with him, and I didn't. I thought, you know what, There's, there'll probably be a better time Another time, a time when I'm, I have more time, that week before the next Sunday's youth group, Aaron and a buddy were drunk and went up on I-90 in Erie and were racing around tractor trailers. And Aaron didn't make it. And he got killed by a tractor trailer. I can't remember, it was so long ago, how I ended up talking with his mother. And she asked me over the phone, you think he's in heaven? 
Well, first of all, that's way above my pay grade. But second, like, I, I could have showed him Jesus. I could have told him, but I didn't. I didn't know it was my one and only opportunity to do that. Sometimes there isn't another time. When the opportunity presents itself, when God puts it on your heart, just make the time. Jesus said in John 9, 4, as long as it is today, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. Right now is the time to express your love for Jesus and be obedient. Right now is the time to tell someone about him. Right now is the time to live generously and give of our heart like Mary because you might not get another chance. Live it. Speak it from your heart. Lastly, Mary was blessed by God because she gave from her heart. She became part of the salvation story of the world. And Jesus honored her. Jesus defended her. Her extravagant act of worship is recorded in all four Gospels. When you give, when you show people Jesus, when your actions communicate that everyone matters, you become part of someone's salvation story. When you invest in the lives of the kids downstairs on Sunday morning, you become part of their salvation story. I can still remember my third grade Sunday school teacher who introduced me to Jesus. Her name was Mrs. Harrison. And I can't tell you the number of kids she led into a relationship with Jesus. I hope she is wearing a jewel in her crown for every single one. I hope God showers her with blessings for all eternity for the way that she gave of herself and her heart. You never come up short when you store up treasure in heaven, ever. You realize the only thing that you truly keep is what you give away in the name of Jesus? It's true. Everything you own in this life is going to rot, rust, or be reused by someone else. You can't take anything with you except the record kept in heaven of your generosity on earth. Look at two scriptures with me. This is 1 Timothy 6. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. And then Matthew 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin you could substitute cat for that, I think. Moth and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The only way you truly keep anything for eternity 
is by blessing others. It's not wrong to have stuff or use stuff. It was created for our enjoyment. But if you want lasting benefit from the stuff that you've been blessed with, you've got to be a blessing and live generously. I'm glad in Mary's case she got to walk around smelling like the blessing that she was to Jesus. She was the fragrance of life, not death. So this morning, I want to encourage you to live generously and show people Jesus because love gives. Give what you have. Give when you can. And God will bless you in this life and in the next. Let's pray. God, I want to give you thanks. Uh, This church is a generous church. God, we, we support kids at Grow and Grow in the Go and Rise Against Hunger. God, this church does a meal for those that are less fortunate every week through Open Table. God, we, we give, we tithe, we... Through us, God, make your name be known. Through, through our lives, through our giving, through our love, through our generosity, God... May, may you be known and may we store up treasure for all eternity with you. Not, God, because we're just interested in the investment part of that, but because of our love. We love you. And God, if there is anyone here that does not know you as their Lord and their Savior, God, I invite I invite you, whether, whether you're on site or on the live stream, just to pray this prayer with me. God, I'm a sinner and the debt of my wrongs, I could never repay. But you, God, sent your son to the cross as payment and the penalty of death that was upon my life fell upon his life. And I accept him and his sacrifice for me this day as my Savior and my Lord. Empower me with your spirit to live generously, to live a life of love, being thankful for the price you paid for me and now the debt of love I owe you, now and forever. And God's people said, amen. God bless you.